you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Some of you didn't act too sure. How many are glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight? I I don't know about you, but I don't ever want to take um, being in the house of the Lord for granted. I know too many people that their desire is to be in the house of the Lord, but for uh, various circumstances, they're not able to be in the house of the Lord as much as they would like to be, whether that be work or physical conditions. And uh, so I feel a little bit like David. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go. And uh, the house of God's been on my mind all day today, and I've been here at the church studying, and it's just been great to be in this place and to feel what I feel tonight and uh, I know that God is going to speak to us. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to the book of Genesis chapter number 26. My heaven, haven't we been having some incredible services? God's doing so many great things and uh, I'm just excited. As time goes on, I believe that we're going to hear of Uh, even more things that God is doing, more miracles. I wish I had an amen for that one. More miracles, more healings. I believe that God is going to do great things, continue to do great things. I told the praise team, I said, listen, we were up up in the room before uh, service started, and I said, you know, it's real easy for us to settle back in and just become Wednesday night, a normal Wednesday night as we used to know it. But I said, welcome to the new normal because what God has been doing, what we have been feeling, what, what uh, the Holy Ghost has been doing in this church, welcome to the new normal. I believe that God's going to continue. I don't believe it's going to be another Wednesday night as normal uh, ever again as we've known it. But I believe that God's going to do, uh, continue to do great things even on a Wednesday night. I believe that people are going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I think we're going to start baptizing people on a Wednesday night, and, and some are going to say, well, what has happened? And it's, I think we'll easily uh, quote the scripture, these are they that turn their world upside down. I believe that there are enough hungry people in Christian Life Church that we're ready to turn the world upside down. Or as pastor has said, we'll take on hell with a water pistol. That's fine, whatever we got to do. But I believe that God is going to use us mightily. And I believe that God is going to send us a mighty end-time revival. If somebody say amen about that. Genesis chapter 26, I want to read uh, this into your hearing, and I want to speak to you for the next few moments on what I feel that God has laid on my heart. Now, I'm going to warn you, I'm not going to, you're lucky I'm not teaching, because I'm definitely not good at that. I tried. I tried. And I... I'm going to preach more tonight, but and I'm not saying that I'm just incredible at that either. But I want to share with you what I believe that the Lord has laid on my heart. Genesis 26, verse number 1. We'll go through verse number 4 and skip down to verse number 12. The Bible says, And there was a famine in the land beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gerar. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Egypt. He gives him a little bit of correction there. He said, I I, I don't want you to do what 
was done in the past. I don't want you to leave this place because of the famine and go to Egypt. He said, don't, don't, don't go down to Egypt, but dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. And he said, sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee, and I will bless thee. For unto thee and unto thy seed I will give all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. And he said, and I will make thy seed to multiply, get this, as the stars of the heaven, and will give unto thy seed all these countries, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. He said, if you will stay where I want you to stay, if you don't just pick up and pack your bags and go to somewhere greener and somewhere warmer, he said, if you will stay here and you will so sojourn in this land, I will do all these things for you. Skipping down to verse number 12, then Isaac sowed in that land. Somebody say, he sowed in that land. And received in the same year an hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. What I want to tell somebody tonight is that although that we've come through all these mighty, powerful services and we've come through an unbelievable season of prayer and fasting, and God has spoken to many of us, and God said, I'm, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. But I feel that sometimes when it doesn't happen like that, that we get, begin to get discouraged, and we begin to look on the other side of the fence, and we say, well, the grass looks greener on the other side of the fence. Maybe I'll just pick up, and I will, I will go. But God's saying, I want you to sojourn in this land where I have brought you. So I want to speak to you for the next few moments on this subject, sowing in a land of famine, sowing in a land of famine. Our text tells us that the first famine was in the early days of Abraham. The Bible tells us that when this famine came, that Abraham got up from where he was and he went down to Egypt. He was looking for greener pastures. He was looking to make something happen because he did not trust that God would be with him in the land of famine. And he got into a, a little trouble with God. And, and the Bible tells us of Isaac also planning to go down to Egypt because of a famine that was in his land and in his time. You see, when faced with a famine, Isaac decided to go and do what Abraham had done. Because it is our human nature that when we we get in trouble and we get into situations. How many know that we learn from our parents and our, our grandparents and we learn how they react in certain situations? And when we get in that situation, we have a tendency to do what they've done because that's what they've taught us to do. Some of us, when trouble comes, we, we want to just get up and we want to fight our way through and we're going to make it happen come what may and, and nothing's going to get me down. Those, those people I, I envy and I, and I wish that I was more like that, but there are some of us that when trouble comes, we like to hide our head in the sand and we just pray for daylight to come and a new day to dawn and, and hopefully everything will just take care of itself. But Isaac found himself wanting to follow the example of Abraham and do what he did. Because the next generation should not repeat some mistakes of the previous generation. There are some, there are some mistakes that the previous generation and, and some of our examples have made. And just because we were brought up that way or just because that's how the reaction always was does not mean that we've got to react the same way. So what I want to tell you tonight that when trouble comes and, and when, when the promise seems to be fading and when the miracles seem to be ceasing, it's not time for us to go ahead and pack our bags and go find greener pastures or go find an, a, a way to make it happen our own. But it's in those times that we need, to, we need to reverse that and we just need to stay put where God has put us and we just need to hang on to the promise of God because if he spoke the word to us, and he will perform it. So God kind of rebukes Isaac and he said, I, I, I don't want you 
I, I don't want you to do what Abraham did, but I, I want you to sojourn in this land. Then he goes on to say, he said, I will be with you. I will bless thee in this land. Everybody say, this land. What a, what a promise to, to know that God was going to be with him. He said, he said, not only am I going to bless you, but Isaac, I'm going to be with you. And, and everywhere that you walk, I'm, I'm going to walk with you. And, and every trial that you go through, Isaac, I, I'm going to go with you. And when you're hungry at night and there's no food to eat, and when you've searched and you've, you've found everything to eat that you can, and none of that satisfies you, I, I will still be with you. He said, I, I will never, his word tells us, I will never leave thee and I will never forsake thee. And I just want to pause for a moment to say that in these times where it feels like the word was so long ago and the miracle hasn't happened yet and, and it seems to be getting dark all around us and it seems to be continuing on as it has always been, I want to remind somebody that God is with you. And he said, I won't leave you and I, I won't forsake you. I, I'll be with you and not only am I going to be with you, but I'm going to bless you in this land. In this time and season. It takes more than faith to trust God. It takes more faith to trust God than it does to pick up and to move from where God has planted you. It's easy sometimes to just want to want to throw in the towel. And easy to want to wanna give up because I, I believe that every one of us in this place, we have been there. We've been in those situations where... We just didn't want to fight another day, and we didn't want to walk another step, and we didn't want to face what we were having to face. And we've, we've all thought about just, just going on to another land and trying to make it happen on our own. But I want to tell you that it takes more faith to trust God where you're at. And it takes more faith to trust God in the middle of your situation. And it takes more faith to trust God when you're hungry and when you can't see because the night is so black. But if you can somehow muster up the faith to say, God spoke it to me in this last month and a half during our prayer and fasting. He told me he was going to heal my body. He told me that he was going to give me uh, financial provision. He told me that he was going to work everything out for my good. And I haven't seen it yet. But God I'm going to sojourn in this land because I know that if I stay in this land at due season, you are going to come in to my situation and you're going to work everything out for my good. So I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay here and I'm going to have faith in the Word of God when you told me to sojourn in this place, when you told me that it may not happen in the moment in a twinkling of an eye. And I, you, you told me I may have to wait. You never promised me that I wouldn't have to wait. And God, I'm finding myself in a holding pattern. But one thing I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to declare to you, God, I'm going to wait on you. I'm going to trust you because God's timing is not our timing. I've said it before and I'll say it again. We live it in a, we want it our way, our way right away kind of world. We like to pull up to God's window and say, I'll take a number two, please. And by the way, if you don't know what that is, God, I, that's, that's physical provision, that's financial provision. And we like to tell God how we want it and when we want it. And we start bossing God around and say, God, I, 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 you know, I, know, what you're, I know that you know what you're doing. And, and really, I, I say that you know what you're doing, but I, you... You just don't know what I want. I want it worked out this way and this way and this way. And we pray day in and day out. And all we're doing is we're telling God, this is how I want you to do it. But the Bible says to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And let me add his will. And when we do that, he said, I'll add all these things to you. I'll work everything out if you just trust me and let me work in your situation. You see, there are times where you're going to have to sow in a land of famine. There are times where you're going to have to sow when times are hard and nothing is working and nothing is growing in that land of famine. We look at Egypt and we look on the other side of the proverbial fence and we see the green grass, and we see that they have want of nothing, and they've got plenty of food to eat, and they've got 
plenty of provision, and it would be easy to say, well, I'm just going to go, I'm going to go make my way. I know God told me to stay here and wait on him, but I'm just going to try to, I'm just going to try to work everything out. I'm going to tell you, folks, I've been there. I've done it. I've done it. We've all done it. But we prayed for God to work it out, and it didn't happen when we wanted it. And we went in, and Brother Jerry, and we tried to work it out ourselves. I tried to work it out myself, and it seemed to be going good all for just a moment, only to have my world just cave in on me. All because I, I wanted it a certain way, and I didn't want to wait on God, and I, I wanted it now, and I, I, I wanted the famine to be over, and I wanted the lush green grass, and I tried to do it on my own. So many times we try to do it on our own, and we try to, we try to tell God that we know better than he does how our situation needs to work out. And we look at Egypt and we think it would just be better over there if I would just, if I would just try it on my own. And, and, and I want to tell somebody today that you may, it may seem, we may, I may have someone here tonight rather. I may have somebody here tonight that you're thinking of that and you're thinking that you're just going to try to take matters into your own hands and you're just going to, you're not, you're not going to wait on God, but you're going to try to make it happen on your own. Let me warn you against that. Let me warn you against going against God's timing. Let me warn you against uh, trying to work everything out on your own because it will never work. It will never work. You'll try and you'll think everything's going good, and you think that you're on top of it, and you think that you're working it on your own, but it will never work out good to you. But you got to wait on the Lord. you got to sow in a land of famine. The Lord told him, he said, I'm, I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to bless your seed, and I will make your seed multiply as the stars of heaven and like the sands of the sea. Well, that, that's good, but what does that have to do with me, you may be asking. We are the seed of Abraham, the Bible tells us in Romans 4 and 16. And that lets me know that if we are the seed of Abraham, that means that the promise goes to us because we read in Romans 4 and 16. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end, the promise might be scare, uh, must be to all thy seed, not uh, to that only which is in the law, but to that also which is in the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. We are the children of Abraham. We are the seed. And then we go on to read in, in Romans 9, 7 through 8, neither because uh, because thou art the seed of Abraham are all thy children, but in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Listen to what the word is saying, that is, they which are of the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted for the seed. That lets me know that we are the seed of Abraham. And if God promised it to Abraham, if he said, hey, I'm going to multiply you, and you're gonna be at, your, your seed is going to be as the stars of heaven and the, the sands of the sea, what does that tell me? That means that my blessing and what he has in store for me is more numerous than I can count. I can't even fathom when I look up in the sky and I, I look at all the stars. I can't even fathom how many stars are in the sky. And God is saying, that is how I'm going to multiply your seed. If you will just sojourn in this land where I have placed you. Paul tells us in a spiritual sense that the promise, the promises rather of Abraham belong to us. Say, they belong to me. In Galatians, it talks about being of the seed of Christ. We are the seed of Christ. Galatians 3.16 says, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not, and to seeds as, if, as of many, but as of one and to thy seed, which is Christ. Let me, let me draw a biblical parallel here for just a moment, if I may. But when God told him to stay and to sow and he would bless him, it does refer to us. 
We say, well, that's good for Isaac because God worked it out for Isaac. No, let me tell you something. There's a, a parallel to be drawn there because if we are of the seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that means those same promises, that promise of multiplication that we can't even fathom, that promise that he will be with us and he will bless us abundantly. It applies to you and it applies to me. So I want to tell somebody in this place tonight, stay where you're at. Stay where God has planted you. Keep keep fighting. Keep walking. Just keep searching for food if that's what it takes. But stay in the land. Sojourn in the land. Sow in the land. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord. Sow in the land. He said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to multiply you. It does apply to us. I'm, I'm thankful for the promise of the Lord. I, and if he, I have enough faith and I know enough, I've lived long enough to know that if he said it, then he will perform it. If he said it, it will come to pass. If he said you will be healed, you will, you will be healed. If he said you will be the head and you won't be the tail, that means that you will be the head. If he spoke it to you, if he spoke financial provision, if he spoke that your family would be saved, if he spoke to you that all those things would just work themselves out, if you'll trust me, then that means that everything will work together for the good to those that trust the Lord and those that sojourn in the land where he has placed us. I wish I could tell you that it will happen instantaneously. I wish I could tell you that as soon as God speaks it, it always happens. Sometimes it does, and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes there is a waiting period, and, I, and, I, and I'm just going to give you my opinion here. I believe that God gives us that waiting period to test us. I believe that sometimes God allows us to wait to test our faith, to test and see how we're going to react when we get up in the morning and you still can't pay the bills. When you get up in the morning and your child's life is still a mess. When you wake up in the morning and it's a new day and you still feel the pains that you've felt for the last 20 years. When you get up in the morning and everything looks like it did when you went to bed the night before. But God is testing you. If he has spoken it to you and it hasn't come to pass, he is testing you to see how you react. So you just go ahead and say, I, I may still feel this way, but I'm claiming my healing. It may still look like that, but I'm claiming that God is going to save my family. I still may not be able to pay the bills, but I'm speaking that God is going to give me financial provision. believe that God's word is true. Even though Isaac received a word from the Lord, he was full of fear because he was looking to go. He was looking to leave. You see, what I want to tell you tonight is that fear is false evidence that appears to be real. Well, what do you mean by that, Brother Danny? What I'm saying is, is fear is false evidence that appears to be real. When you, when you wake up and the pain's still there, the fear causes you to believe that you're just always going to be this way. When, when the bills still come in and there's not enough money to pay them and you begin to be fearful, that's the enemy using, using a, a, a false appearance causing you to, to, to believe that it's always going to be this way. I'm always going to be struggling. I'm always going to be in this mess. But God is saying, no, 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 no. If you'll just trust in me. I know it's a land of famine right now. I know it's a dark and quiet time right now. But if you will just trust me and you will sojourn with me, I will bless you and I will multiply. I'm telling somebody here tonight that God's got a blessing for you that you cannot even imagine. He's got a blessing waiting just right around the corner for you that you cannot even fathom because he's going to multiply you in your time of famine. Fear is evidence. Evidence says that was what, what was spoken through our, our prayer and our fasting season and in our revival services, the fear and the evidence try to tell us that it's not going to come to pass. 
Well, they haven't made a move yet. They haven't, they haven't, they haven't asked me about the Lord yet, or they ha- I haven't had a, a chance to witness it in. Haven't, they haven't asked for a Bible study, and we, we go through and we think that it's never going to happen. It's never going to come to pass because we're living in a land of family, famine. So we're, we're sowing in a land of famine, and we know that when you sow seed and there's no water to, 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 to feed it or to, to, to nourish it, it'll never grow, and that's how we think. And I don't understand how it all works, and I don't claim to know everything, and I don't know how God God works, but there is something about God's math, and there is something about God's multiplication that even when it shouldn't work out, and even when it doesn't make sense, and may, and when it does make sense to throw in the towel and walk away, but God's timing said, you know, you trust me. I know you can't see it right now, and I know you can't fathom it right now, and it doesn't make sense to you, but if you'll just hold on, if you'll just sow, even though it looks impossible, I will bring it to pass in your life. We all know that water, plants can't grow, crops can't grow when there's no water. And cattle can't survive where there's no food. Talking about a land of famine, we know it makes sense to us that it's just an impossibility. And it makes sense and it's easy for us. Hear me tonight. It's easy for us to fall for the for the trap of the enemy, just believing it's going to be this way and it's impossible and it's never never going to work out for me. But God has sent me here tonight with a word to let you know that His word is saying, "Keep sowing." His word is telling you. He's telling He's telling me to tell you to keep sowing even when it's impossible. Keep sowing even when it's dry. Keep sowing even when it's not raining, because He is getting ready to bring open the floodgates of heaven and bring about a blessing that you cannot imagine. Keep sowing. I'm hurrying tonight. After God had spoken to him, he said in verse number 12, he said, so he sowed in the land. My question is this. The Bible, my question is this, but but the Bible naming Isaac, does it mean that all the others didn't sow in the land? When it it mentions Isaac, that he sowed in the land, it mentioned nobody else. So does that mean that everybody else took up their stakes and went on to Egypt? Does that mean that he's the only one that sojourned in the land? Nothing says that about the other says that the others stayed and sowed. Did the others have faith to sow? Did they not? Did they did they go? He, he is the only one who has given the increase when the Bible says that that same year that Isaac reaped a hundredfold. Mentions nobody else. That says to me that he is the only one that had the faith to sow in a land of famine. Did the word of the Lord come to everybody else? I don't know and I can't tell you and I don't pretend to know. But all I I know is this, is that Isaac stood on a word from the Lord when everybody else said, Isaac, you're crazy if you stay here. Maybe while they were packing up and leaving and said, we're going to go where there's food, maybe they walked by Isaac's tent and said, Isaac, You need to go with us because if you stay here, you're going to die. If you stay here, you're not going to have enough food to sustain you. There's not going to be water for you to drink. If you stay here, Isaac, you're going to die. But Isaac said, you can go if you want to, and you can call me crazy if you want to. But all I know is that I have a word from the Lord. You see, the world calls us crazy for saying, why are you holding on to that? And why do you still believe that? Why do you claim your healing when it hasn't happened yet? I, I, they, they look at us and say, you're crazy. But we can look at them and say, well, you can call me crazy if you want to. But all I know is that one day during the awakening in 2019, I received a word from 
from the Lord. And he said, if I sojourn in this land, it won't make sense to anybody else. But he said, if you will stay here, I will bless you and I will multiply you. So I'm going to stand on a word from the Lord because I believe if he said it, that he'll bring it to pass. Never, ever reap if you don't first sow. You can't just look at the seed that's in the sack and expect a harvest to grow. Yes, the seed produces, but it doesn't produce in a bag. It doesn't produce in your hand. It produces when you put it in the ground. It produces when you sow it. The harvest comes when you sow. Saints are planters. Seeds are a word from the Lord. We have the word from the Lord. We have the seeds in our possession. We have the ability to plant and to watch those things grow. But listen to me. You cannot plant sitting on the church pew. You can't plant sitting on the couch at home with your feet on the table, just living life as you always lived it. But it's going to take somebody getting up from where you are in the middle of your situation and going out to a muddy field or a, a dry field. And it's going to take getting your hands dirty as you begin to pull back the dirt. And as you place that word from the Lord, that seed into the ground, it's going to take somebody getting up from where you're at. Quit feeling sorry for yourself. Quit saying, I'm just waiting for it all to work out. But it's going to take somebody to go. And work and plant and put a little elbow grease into it. Because we often expect God just to fling open the door. Well, I hate to burst somebody's bubble, but He doesn't always work that way. Sometimes it's God giving us the knowledge or God given us the opportunity. And he says, you prayed for it, and this is what you wanted. And I'm going to go ahead, and I'm just going to crack the door open a little bit. But I'm not going to fling the door open and just hand it to you. But I'm going to make you work for it. That's what God is talking about in this text tonight. Where it's what he was telling Isaac to go sow in the land. He didn't say, if you'll just stay here, and if you will just wait on me, then I'll take care of it. But he said, no, you're going to have to get up from where you're at. You're going to have to take the seed, and you're going to have to put it in barren ground. And it's not going to grow in your time. It may not be tomorrow. It may not be next month. It may not be next year. But he said, Isaac, if you will sow, if you will plant it, he said, I'll grow it. If you will sow it, I'll give you the harvest. If you will sow, I will cause you to reap in due season. So, often we come to get seed from the storehouse. But the problem is, is that we never set foot in the field to sow that seed. We come, we become rather satisfied with never getting our hands in the dirt in the mud. Because we come and we just want God just to give it to us. We just want Him to, to make it happen without any work on our part, without us putting anything. That's what what's what we do as humans. We ask God to do everything, and we want to do nothing. We ask Him. God, give us faith, but we never exercise the faith that he has given us already. We say, God, increase it. And God's saying, I would love to increase it if you just exercise what little bit you already have. I, he said, I, he said I, if, if you will work, he said, if you will work, I'll meet you in the middle. I'm not always going to come to the exact point where you're at. I'm not always going to make it just work out like that. He said, but if you will take one step, I'll take a step. If you will, if you will strive towards it, then I will meet you in the middle. But we want God. We just want, we become satisfied with, that's too much work. That's, that's, I, I don't. 
it's really not my forte, God. I, I, I don't really like to get my hands dirty. I don't really, you know, I, I don't really want to step out and, and, and say that I'm healed because what, what if it doesn't happen? Hello? God, I, I know that you told me to sow that seed offering, but God, I, I don't really want to do that because I, I need to eat next week, and, and if I give that now, then I, I won't have it next week. If I, if, I, if I give what you're asking me to give, then God, there's not enough left over for me. He said, exactly, that's where I want you to be. I want you at that place where you have to rely on me, where you don't know where your next breath is coming from, where you don't know where the next dollar's coming from, where you don't know where the next meal's coming from. That's where I want you to be, Isaac. I want you to be here, and I want you to sow when you're having to trust on me to provide everything for You understand what I'm saying tonight? God has given you a word. He has given you the seed. He's, he's given you everything that you need. But you're going to have to plant it. And you're going to have to cultivate it. And we're going to have to, let me go ahead and say it, we're going to have to quit making excuses of why we can't. God's not interested in our excuses. God's not interested... Of, of whether or not we think we can or we can't. God proved that God proved that with Moses. He said, Moses, I want you to go. And Moses argued with a bush that was on fire because he said he gave God every reason why he couldn't and why he shouldn't. And he said, I'm, he said Moses, I'm not, I'm not concerned with your lack of ability. I, I'm not concerned with what you can do on your own. But Moses... I want you to sow in the land of famine. And when you sow, then I'm going to cultivate it. And I'm going to give you everything that you need to sustain your life and give you everything that you need for your word that I had given you to come to pass. I, I, just, feel like, I just feel like telling somebody here today, tonight, that, that you don't need to give up. You don't need to... You don't need to throw in the, in the towel. You don't need to be, become weary in well-doing because God said it, if we won't faint and if we'll just keep walking with him and if we'll just keep sowing, that he will bring it to pass. How many believe that tonight? I believe that God is going to bring it to pass. So Isaac kept sowing. He received a word from the Lord, and the Bible tells us that he reaped that same year, a hundredfold. You see, he got a word from the Lord, and in spite of the circumstance, he kept sowing. Where most of us would have said, well, I still don't feel good, or I still don't, st the, the check hasn't come in yet, and I, my, 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 my kids, my family is still living like the devil in the world, and, 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 and as soon as I see something uh, start to happen, then I'll jump on board. That's not how God works. God isn't asking you to say, to, to wait on Him to start the work before you ever start to work. But God's saying, if you will start to work and you'll begin to sow, then I'll bring it to pass. I'm not, you're not waiting on me, but I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you, Isaac. You've got a word from the Lord. It doesn't matter what people say. You just keep sowing. doesn't matter what everybody else does. You keep sowing. Get the seed out of the sack and sow it. Put it in the ground, and God will water it, and God will bring it to pass because your situation is not over. It's not always going to be that way. Just because you're sick now, you're not always going to be sick. Just because you struggle now doesn't mean that you're always going to struggle. God's wanting you to get rid of that mentality. God's wanting you to get those thoughts out of your mind and say, I know what it looks like, but God, I'm going to sow, and I'm going to trust you even in my family. quickly closing tonight, but the Bible says that if we have faith the size of a mustard, a grain of mustard seed, you ever seen a mustard seed? Uh, it's, it's not that it, it's not invisible to the naked eye, but it is so small and so 
means it's, it's, it's nothing. You, if I had one in my hand right now and I dropped it on this platform, I probably wouldn't even be able to find it. But the Bible says if we have that much faith, just the size of that mustard seed, you can say to the mountain that is before you, be removed and cast into the sea, and it shall. Everybody say, it shall. It shall come to pass. The purpose of the seed is to be planted because crops will not grow if the seed is not planted. You can take a little seed of faith and you can plant it and it'll move a mountain in your situation. It'll move a, a mountain in your life. Once you sow in the spirit, you can't help but reap in the physical. If you plant the seed in faith before a mountain, the mountain will move out of your way. You've got to declare that, that some things, you've got to declare some things in the Holy Ghost as though they're not being asked though they are. Sometimes you just got to look at the situation and say, by the authority of the Word of God and by the power of the name of Jesus, I command that mountain to be removed from my path. I de declare and I command that situation to be removed from my life and it will come to pass. It will come to pass. It will. It not might, but it will come to pass. The Bible tells us that the power of life and death are in the tongue. And the Bible also tells us that whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth. What do you mean loose? Whatever you speak. Whatever you utter. Whatever you utter because nothing, nothing ever happens until there's an utterance. There was never creation until God uttered the words, let it be. When he said, let there be light, let us make man in our own image. There can never be any kind of creation. Nothing can happen without an utterance. And so tonight, I, I dare somebody in this place to start uttering to your to your miracles, start uttering to your situation and speaking it into existence. I know it may look bleak now, and I know that it looks impossible now, but when you open your mouth and you begin to speak, something happens in the atmosphere. And and when, when God steps in on the scene and he begins to speak, then things begin to form out of nothingness. Speak it into existence. Don't ever, don't ever allow the enemy to even think for a moment that he's winning. You ever hear... As a musician, I've had people say, wow, that, you know, great job or, or, or whatever. And I say, well, I don't appreciate that, but I didn't really know what I was doing. And they're like, well, I couldn't tell it. So I say, you ever heard the old saying, fake it till you make it? I am the king of faking it till you make it. Don't ever let the enemy think that he's getting the best of you. Don't ever allow him to hear you giving him credit for fighting against you. And don't ever let him hear you giving him credit for things that that are not in his control anyways because it just like Job, he couldn't touch Job unless God first gave him permission. He can't touch your life unless God gives him permission to touch your life. He can't work in your situation unless God gives him permission. So don't let the devil for a second think that he's getting the best of you, but you look him straight in the eye in adversity and in, in times of difficulty and say, I know it looks bad right now, devil. I know that you think that you're winning right now, but my God said, if God be for me, then who can be against me? He said that he would work everything out for my good if I would just trust him and believe him. He said that he would bring a harvest if I sowed in this land of famine. Don't ever, don't ever let him think that he's getting the best of you.
How do you do that? By the way you talk. The Bible talks about God being all-knowing. He knows all things. He knows the thought and the intent of a man's heart. But you know the devil can't even read your mind. The Lord knows what you're going to face tomorrow, but the devil has no clue. Because he only knows what we tell him. Through our mouth and through our actions. And when we go hide in a corner when adversity comes and when we, when we say, I, I'm just throwing in the towel and I'm giving up, then you're telling the devil that you're getting the best of me. I'm letting you win. But when you get up, when after you've been knocked down and you get up and you dust the, the, the dust off your clothes and you say, yeah, I may have fallen today, but I'm getting up and I'm walking from here on out. And I may fall tomorrow, but listen, devil, I'm not giving you the credit because if I fall, it's my own fault. If I fall, it's because I didn't trust God. But God won't allow me to, to stay in that state, but He's going to pick me up. He's going to pick me up, and He's going to bring it all to pass in my life. We cannot allow the enemy to influence the way that we talk. Sometimes the miracle doesn't happen as fast as we want. We know that. Sometimes we have to put some patience behind our faith. If you know me, I'm not a patient guy. I want it, and I want it now. But sometimes in my walk with God, as hard as it is for me, sometimes I just got to be patient and wait on the Lord. We have to understand that the seasons of God, we have to understand that the life, our walk with God, it's all about seasons. There's a season to sow and there's a season to reap. There's a season to everything the Bible says under the sun. And sometimes we just got to understand that this is just the season that we're in. Sometimes we get in the middle of winter here in Indiana and we think it's always going to be this way. By the way, I heard that we're supposed to get snow this week. Don't do that. Don't clap. What are you doing? What's wrong with you? Don't let the devil know he's winning. But we always think it's always going to be that way because it's been this way for so long. Everything in God's timing is seasons. And that lets me know that if I'm in a planning season right now, that it will only last for a short time. If I'm in a dry season right now, then it'll only be a short time. And then there's going to come the season of harvest and the season of rain. There's going to be a season where God allows the rain to fall and to, and to cultivate the, the crops, the seed that is in the ground. And that thing that I thought would never grow here in, in, in just a few days will start to pop through the surface of the ground. And before you know it, that little promise that was so cute and, and so little and so fragile, in just a few weeks, it'll grow taller than I am. And it's going to be strong and it'll be able to withstand the winds. And, just like the crops, that's what God's telling us. That this may be the season for you that's dry and a season of famine. But he said, just hang on because there's a new season coming. Just hang on because the rain's coming. Hang on because provision's coming. Hang on because food is coming to sustain you. Just a time of season. So back at our text, the Lord told Isaac, if you stay, I'll, I'll bless you. If you stay and you sow and you cultivate, he said, I'll cause you to reap a hundredfold. You see, because a seed sown in bad times will bring forth a harvest like a seed that is sown in good times. And the Bible tells us that Isaac grew and became very great. So I tell you tonight, in closing, that it's not always going to be this way. We came through and the awakening and faith was so high, and, I, and it's still high. But I know our human nature. 
to start to recant on some things when it doesn't start happening right away. So I tell you tonight that it won't always be this way. But God's taking you through a season. God's taking you through a season to test you, to see if you're willing to sow even when it looks like famine. To make sure that you're not going to jump ship when everything is hard. Because I will tell you this, that if, you're, if you'll jump ship in the famine, then you'll still jump ship when everything is going good and there's plenty of food to eat. Because it doesn't matter what season of life that we're in, how we react in one season will have the tendency to react the same way in a new season that God brings. So it won't always be this way. So Abraham was the father of the faithful. In Romans 4, 19, he said, he considered not his own body as dead. But he had a word from the Lord that was his seed. That word was his seed. That word was the seed that God wanted him to sow. And the word of the Lord was that your body, Abraham, is going to bring about a revival that would be as the stars of heaven and as the sands of the earth. He said it's going to be too numerous to calculate. You can't, it can't be measured. You, can't, you can try, but you, you won't even be able to fathom. And he said, are, are you going to believe me, Abraham? Are you going to believe my word? Or are you going to believe your old body? It was even at the point that his wife laughed and said it couldn't be done because of their advanced age. And sometimes we look over into Egypt and we think that it has to be better there. But let me tell you that it's not. So keep sowing and don't, don't listen to the voice of an old dead body. Or don't listen to the voice of an old situation that says it's impossible. But continue to declare life over death. Call things that are not as though they were. Go ahead and continue to, to speak into that situation. And it, it, may, it may be tomorrow. It may be next week. It may happen next month. But it may not happen to next year. But you get out of bed tomorrow and you speak to that thing first thing and say, God, I thank you because I know you're bringing it to pass. And when you sit down to eat lunch tomorrow afternoon, you declare it in the Holy Ghost. And when you lay your head down tomorrow night, you go ahead and declare it again. Because if you begin to declare and you begin to sow and you begin to cultivate it, then God will bring it to pass. If you believe it, clap your hands. Stand with me tonight. So, some of you, got the, the enemy has been attacking your mind and telling you, that it's not going to happen. Hell has tried to kill some of you. The enemy has tried to take you out and try to destroy you and try to steal your peace and has tried to steal your joy and tried to steal your mind. But the word of the Lord is simply this tonight. You stay and you keep putting seed into the ground because the season of reaping and harvest is in your very near future. I feel that so strong in the Holy Ghost tonight that somebody, you think that it's not even a possibility. You think that I've waited for so long that it's never going to happen. But God is telling, has, has sent me here tonight to tell you that your season of reaping and harvest is just over the horizon. Hell has been attacking your mind and telling you that it's not going to happen. But God's saying, just wait a few more days. Just wait, a, just wait because this season of, 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 of 
reaping. The season of famine is just about over. So tonight, I stand here and I speak life into your situation. I speak healing into your body. I speak peace into your mind tonight. I speak that someone that's going to leave this place and you don't think you're going to rest tonight because it's just too bad and you haven't been able to sleep, I declare in the Holy Ghost that tonight you're going to rest. You see, you see what I'm doing tonight? I, I'm looking at the situation. I'm doing exactly what Isaac did. He said it's, it's dead, it's desolate, it's dry, but I'm going to sow. Why are you doing it, Isaac? Because God told me to. Because God said if I would, that he'll cause a harvest to come. So I speak life into your situation today. I speak healing into your body. And I tell somebody in this place that it's not going to be like this for very much longer. I'm, gonna, I'm telling a mom and a dad that you're not going to have to keep praying year after year after year after year for your children. But I'm here to tell you that your children are getting ready to come back into the fold. I'm telling you that that seed that you planted, that you've been hoping to see it grow, it's getting ready to pop out of the ground. And God's about to bring a mighty harvest in your situation. So I wonder, for the next seven, eight minutes, I wonder who would gather with me here in the front tonight. Who would come in faith and just spend the next seven or eight minutes saying, I'm, I'm going to declare some things in the Holy Ghost tonight because God gave me a word. God gave me the seed. And I haven't really done much with it because I've been waiting to see if the rain was going to come. And I've been waiting to see if things were going to start to work out, but I haven't seen it yet. And so I've been kind of waiting on God. But I wonder if there's anybody in this building that said, I'm done waiting. I'm done waiting on God just to step in. But I'm going to do what He told me to do. And I'm going to lift my hands. And I'm going to look that situation in the eye. I'm going to look that season right in the eye. And I'm going to start speaking to it. I'm going to look at those, just like Ezekiel looked at those bones in that valley. And he began to prophesy. He began to prophesy to those bones. And the Bible says that those bones started coming together and muscle formed and tendons formed and skin formed. And there arose an exceeding great army in that valley full of bones. So I wonder who will just step out in faith tonight and raise your hands in this place and start prophesying to your situation and start saying, I know that it hasn't happened yet, but by the authority of the Word of God and by the power of the name of Jesus, salvation's coming to my family. Salvation's coming to my home. Healing's coming into my body right now. Come on, somebody, lift your voice and begin to prophesy to it. Begin to speak to it. Begin to speak those things into existence. It's real simple. You just utter the words and you let God do the rest. There's no power in your voice alone, but you speak it in the Spirit and God will do the rest and God will bring it to pass. Come on, all over this building, hands raised high. Hands raised high. Right now, by the authority of the Word of God and by the power of the name of Jesus, God, I speak, I speak boldness on somebody right now. God, I speak Holy Ghost boldness in somebody's life right now to start declaring and start speaking to the mountain. God, because if we speak to it, you'll move it. God, if we speak healing, you'll heal us. God, if, you, if we speak salvation, God, then you're going to bring it to pass. You're going to save our family. You're going to save our children. God, I believe that your word is true. Come on, somebody, for the next few moments, just lift your voice in this place. Just lift your voice in this place. Just lift your voice in this place. Come on, I want to do one more thing for me right now. I wonder if you just join up with the person next to you because you don't know what they're facing. 
You don't know how low their faith may be tonight. And sometimes it just takes someone to encourage us in the Lord. I want you just to join up with the person next to you. And although you may be facing it, and although that you may be dire, and it may be about to overtake you right now, I want you to start praying for their situation. I want you to speak life into their situation. I want you, if you know what may be going in their life, I want you to go ahead, open your mouth, and speak to it right now in the Holy Ghost. Come on, I declare her salvation. I declare her, her family will be saved. I, I declare financial provision for them right now in the name of Jesus. God, I declare, I declare healing in their body to take place right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, start talking to it. Come on, start ministering to their situation. Come on now, somebody thank God. Somebody thank God. Come on, somebody give him praise in this house right now. Come on, more than a hand clap. Lift your voice and give God a shout of praise in this house. Come on, that's it. Somebody give him praise.